So my side projects actually helped me get the job that I have. Like everything I do is helping me live the life that I want to live, make up how I want to be spending my time, where I want to be traveling to, who I want to be working with and all of this. Kia ora, Hare mai and welcome to Breaking Art, the podcast. If this is your first time tuning in, Breaking Art is a podcast produced by me, Jason Naylor. It's about the alchemy of creativity and commerce, making art versus making money. You see, as a photographer, a wedding photographer, I found myself in this really beautiful position of enjoying the art that I was creating and also providing for my family. And I thought, how do others do it? I was curious, I'm always curious. How do painters, writers, designers, bakers, illustrators, how do they do it? So I'm on a journey to find out. I'm in my vintage combi, and I'm cruising around the country, interviewing New Zealand artists. How do you make art? How do you make money? This is episode 18. If you've listened to the previous episodes, I thank you so much for being along on this journey with me. If you really are tuning in for the first time, awesome to have you here. Hope you stick around. Super, super amped about today's guest. I've been a little bit of a fan of Charlie for some time now, and when I say some time, I mean probably about five or six years. I think I first followed her on Twitter, and I've just watched what she's done, watched how she's grown over this time. So to catch up with her in Wellington and be able to interview her last week, it was something quite special to me. Charlie is wise beyond her years, and she's all about the side hustle. I think I've talked about this before, I freaking love the side hustle. The side hustle is what got me into wedding photography. The side hustle is what got me started on this podcast. The side hustle is what got me building my online course. The side hustle was such a big thing to me, so when I find someone else who's interested in so many different things like I am, and yet is making so many of them work so well, well, I'm inspired and a little bit jealous. So join me in the combi today as I chat to designer, but so much more, Charlie Marie. Welcome today to Breaking Out the Podcast. Sitting here in the lovely sunny Oriental Parade in Wellington, actually just around the corner, I now have in the combi with me today, Charlie Marie. Charlie Hello. Marie is a designer, YouTuber, yes. <laughs> podcaster, and so much more. How do you identify yourself? I say designer first and foremost. Uh, designer and side project addict is my is what I say. Side project addict? Yep, there's just too many of them, and I love love doing side projects. So yeah. Uh, and that is exactly <laughs> why I've got you here in the comedy yes. today, because it's your passion and love for side projects that drew me to you, and I thought I need to talk to Charlie. I need to figure out what, what she's about. You can probably teach me a thing or two, I'm hoping. Well, That's we'll actually see. secretly why I'm really here. <laughs> so, so you're currently a designer, mm-hmm. and you have got a good old nine-to-five day job, right? Yeah. I wouldn't say it's technically a nine to five. It, we're a remote company, so the hours are pretty flexible. Oh, how but, wonderful! Yeah, um, for the most part, it's like forty to fifty hours a week working at a regular day job, and then on the side doing the YouTube, the podcast, blog, you know, all that other stuff. Yeah. Hey, let's talk a little about about remote work because I don't mm-hmm. think I've ever spoken to anyone about that. So you've worked, you've had the a job that was more traditional in the Monday to Friday nine to five with a fixed location, and yeah. now you're doing remote. Yeah. How's it compare? Oh, it's night and day for me. Um, I think I work best when I'm in complete control of my own time and my own like working situation and all of that. So I have absolutely loved it. Um, it's been an amazing decision for me. 
I found that when I worked in an office, I would sort of go in and I'd get most of my work done when I would put headphones on and like not talk to anybody. Yes, I know the feeling. Yeah. And yeah. and so you don't need to be in an office to do that. You might as well save the commute and be at home. I live in London as well. So the commute that I was doing to the office was took me about an hour each way. So that was a big chunk of my day. It is, know. isn't it? I've yeah. lived in London as well. And a lot of people over there just take that as one of those things you have to do. Yeah. I, I hated it. Yeah. I, I moved into the middle of London so that I could be closer to work. There you go. The commute sucked. Yeah, exactly. Uh, hated it. Did it for about two years. Yep. Uh, and then got this opportunity for a remote job. And that was one of the huge reasons why I was keen to snap it up. For Good sure. on you. And so who are yeah. you working for now? I work for ConvertKit. We're an email marketing software company. It's based in the US, but it, it's all remote. There's no head office or anything. So everybody works from home or from cafes or wherever they feel yeah, like working. Yeah, wonderful. And, and ConvertKit email marketing, does that mean you're playing the same game as um, MailChimp and Campaign Monitor and those yep, kind yep, of companies? those sorts of things. Um, we chose to zoom in on a very specific target audience, though. So we go after creators. So it's people who have ah, podcasts wonderful. or YouTube channels, blogs. Sell courses online, ebooks, authors—you know that sort of thing. People who are making stuff and, and selling it, sort of as an individual. Yeah, that's, wonderful. That's our audience. Yeah, people like you and me. Exactly. That's why again I was so drawn to the company because I was yeah I was like oh I get I get your audience because I'm one of them. <laughs> Absolutely. Hey, is that the same with everyone at ConvertKit? Are you all kind of creatives, artists have side projects or not? A lot of thing? people. I wouldn't say every single person, but the majority of the company. Yeah. There's a few other YouTubers that I work with, people that have podcasts or are like, you know, writing, interested in just that creator space itself. Um, it's a pretty cool, cool, cool place to work. We have like a side hustles channel in our Slack group wow. where everyone shares about what they're getting up to. Uh, and I think in our company handbook, if I'm remembering it correctly, because I asked about this before I joined, I was like, what's your attitude towards course, side hustles? Because obviously want to keep this going. Yeah. And Nathan, our CEO, said um, the way they see it is they're not just allowed, they're encouraged. So, Are you kidding? Yeah, exactly. Hey, that's yeah. wonderful. What yeah. a great place to be. Yeah, so good. And and I and I get it from just listening to you now, but also from what I've read on your blog that you do love it. I do love it. You've got no intention of giving that away for any kind of other project right now. Yeah, that's right now. Happy place. This is the place for me to be. I think I feel like I can grow a lot in my career there. Have so much freedom. Plus, there's the stability of having a full time job too. Absolutely. Um, I feel like I've got. I always thought I'd have to go freelance if I wanted to have yes. this kind of freedom and flexibility as a designer. And I just it. really hate working with clients. So, you know, that was going to be tough for me. So now I've got that, but with a steady job, with a team. So I've still got that, like, team atmosphere and working on projects with other people, but also in control of my own time. Yeah. So that's great. And yeah. is the design work you're doing right up your alley? Is it the sort of stuff oh, yeah. you really want to be doing? Yeah, for sure. And I have a lot of... Um, like ability to suggest what I want to work on as well, which is good. That is amazing. Like a, a new way I want to tackle something. Oh, I want to try this for a landing page and they let me do that. Web design is what I love most and that's what I spend most of my time doing. Wow, but wonderful. I've gotten to do a couple of other really cool projects there. Like last year we published a book that I designed. I'd never designed a book before. Um, used to do print design yeah, years ago. Right. And so it was fun to kind of return to that a bit and yeah, figure out how to design a book, what size I wanted it to be, what paper I wanted it to be on. Yeah, that, that was a pretty cool project. What, a, what an amazing thing yeah. to have to be able to do. And yeah. yeah, what a cool job to have. And so you, you threw in there, and I've mentioned it already, that uh, YouTube is mm. one of your outlets. Yes. So I saw something freaking amazing on on your blog. You have surpassed 100,000 subscribers yes. to your YouTube channel. Yes. In fact, I think it's over 120,000. I think it is count. by now. Yeah, yeah. That deserves to be applauded. Oh, thank you. <laughs> That's quite astonishing, right? 
Yeah, I mean... How does that feel? It, it doesn't feel real, almost, um, until I meet people in person who I've never heard of before who have said they watch my videos. Wow. That's when it feels real. And there's 120,000 of them out there? there's 120,000 of them out there, yeah. I mean, they don't all watch every video. I'd love it if they did, but that's not the way that yeah, YouTube works. Sure. But still, um, there's a good amount of people who have come to my channel and liked what they saw enough that they wanted to click subscribe. That's and right. That's I've hit that red really button. Cool. Exactly. And, and I saw you were quite proud of this. Rightly so. You got sent <laughs> a cool silver yes. plaque. YouTube does this. Um, when you hit 100,000 subscribers, they send you almost like an award. It's, yeah, the silver plaque. Where it's engraved with your channel name and everything. Which means that that's a big deal. Yeah, exactly. That's like, when that's it, a I, big target. I think that's when it felt real for me was when I opened that package. It came in this black box with a YouTube logo on it uh, with a little letter that obviously is... Um, pre-printed and sent out to everybody but from the ceo of youtube writing sure. about how amazing that achievement is yeah it's not sent to everybody though let's get that yeah. straight everybody right. who hits 100 yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's still not going to be that many people yeah and, and i know we all dream of probably we look at some channels and we dream of having a million or millions of subscribers yeah. but that's such a small percentage of the market right yeah but even hitting a hundred thousand is just an astonishing thing to do that's yeah. really well done it was my dream ever since i started youtube and i looked at people who are receiving these plaques in the mail and i thought that's that's what I want to get to. Like that will be when I really feel like I've made it. Yeah. it took me about five years five to get years. it, just under five years. And am I right yeah. that you released a new video weekly? Yes. And never missed a week over that yes. five year period. Correct. Um, after that five years was up, in fact, just last December, I took a break for the month to get a few other things done. But until then, I'd released a video, at least one video every single week. Often it was two. So we could probably have a whole entire conversation just around this one thing, because <laughs> this fascinates me most of all. But do you think it's that consistency of posting over that period of time that helped you grow the subscribers? Or, or is it your content? Or is it a combination of everything and more? I think, ultimately, it was about posting every week. but Not just because I was posting, but because... In making that many videos, I was getting better at it. I was figuring out my voice, figuring out what I wanted to say, and you know, putting out enough content that something was going to strike with people. You know, uh, so I think for that reason, weekly was a huge help for me. Um, it helped to build the habit, you know, because if you let yourself just post whenever you feel like it, you might not feel like it for several months, and then yep. this thing is going to slowly start to. You know, die off, or unfortunately, that's just how the YouTube algorithm works. Yeah, um, you're talking yeah. to the converted, and <laughs> and heck, I've never posted a single YouTube video, but <laughs> but um, just your your use of the word habit is something yeah. that I am big on, right? And I think that habit and that consistency is what's enabled you to get there. I'm sure your content is freaking amazing, and those fans <laughs> absolutely love what you're putting out. It's design based uh, videos, yeah. is that right? It didn't start off as that. Well, right. it kind of did. When I started, I was doing a bunch of different stuff, whatever I felt like making, essentially, and I think I was accidentally emulating some of the people that I really admired on YouTube as well. Like sure. the stuff I saw was popular. I thought, oh, maybe that's what I need to be doing. But um, yeah, a couple of years in, I sort of thought, well, the design videos are what I'm most passionate about. And that's what I really wanted to do. And why I started my channel was because I wanted to see other designers on there. So let's just go all in on this and see if people will be interested. I worried that I would lose a lot of people who were there yep. for the other stuff I was doing. Sure. Like I was making fashion videos and oh, talking I about see. makeup and yeah. DIY projects and things. But, yeah, and I guess I did lose some, but they were replaced by people who are interested in design and only design. You know? Yeah, yeah. You yeah. did narrow into your niche a little yeah, bit more. Yeah, exactly. And doing that, you know, you, you find more fans. Yeah. Um, 
You just mentioned there that you took a little bit of a break towards the end of mm-hmm. last year, so the end of 2018. Yeah. Has that been something that you've been wanting to do for some time? Did you feel the weight or the pressure of something on you, or how or why did that come about? It definitely came about because of a weight and a pressure. I was in a stage where I was making a video in the week that I published it and just feeling like I was tripping over myself almost to get them out, which yeah. didn't that- feel great. Had that been happening for five years, though? Or? No. It's sometimes, I went through stages like of being super organized, having videos prepared in advance, and then you know life comes up, especially yeah, um, with the more popular my channels got and the more other opportunities that I've had, like working with brands on sponsored content where they like pay you to like sponsor a video, essentially. Uh, speaking opportunities, so preparing talks and then traveling and going to conferences, things like that. It all adds up. Uh, and the reason I took a break, actually, was have you heard of Paul Jarvis? He, yes. Yeah, he's a designer, brilliant creative, um, just wrote a book called Company of One. Yes. And he takes a break from his newsletter every holiday season. So I think it's from, like, Thanksgiving all through, throughout Christmas and December. Ah. And it's like a purposeful break. Right. Um, and I talked to him about this because, you know, it inspired me to think maybe I could do something like this too. And I said, but I don't want to break my streak, you know, of this posting every day for five years, every week, sorry. don't want to give myself too much credit. Um, <laughs> And he said in reply to me that he doesn't count his break as breaking the streak because it's purposeful and it's planned and it's in order to help him continue publishing his newsletter weekly throughout the rest of the year. You know, it's like time to recharge and um, get ahead. So that's what made me feel okay about that's doing it. That's a really it. refreshing way to look at it, actually. Yeah. I really like that. Yeah. That's great advice. And I think I'll take something from that and I'm hoping some listeners will as well. Yeah, so it doesn't that doesn't just having that break doesn't actually break your publishing streak. Yeah, because you, you, you intended need. it. It wasn't that you forgot or that you got too busy and missed it. You decided to take a break and you took the break and then you came back when you said you would. Basically. Wonderful, yeah. wonderful. Hey, um, have you monetized your YouTube channel? Is this a, that's a thing, right? Yeah, it is a thing. Yeah. So there's a few ways to make money from YouTube. The main one is ads. You've probably seen them when you've watched a YouTube video. There's an ad that plays before it. Yeah. Um, I had my ch- channel monetized with ads for the first few years, but I actually took ads off because I, I watched one of my own videos and got an ad before it for a, like a service that I really didn't believe in oh, no. and that I really didn't like. It's a design-related service that it, like, encourages competitions and spec work, essentially, yep. which is yep. working for free. You're talking yep. about. Yep. Yep. Yeah, and I was, I was like, I don't want, even though I know people are smart and realize that I haven't put that ad there on purpose, I don't want people who are coming to watch my video to any subconsciously think that I'm you know, associated with that. Or, or any, you know, thing that could be advertised. And also, because I'm doing a lot of teaching through my videos, I just wanted people to just get straight in and learn. If they've clicked on a video, they've said, yes, I want to watch this thing, I want to learn it. Don't want to make them sit through an ad before it. Absolutely. Um, Even if it is three seconds with a skip button, it's still yeah. annoying, right? Yeah, it's still, it's still a, annoying. A little bit of a block. And yeah. I think that I'm just, I don't know, taking a punt that hopefully it'll pay off and that people will recognize that and recognize that when they're watching my videos they're having a better experience maybe wow. than than others um i'm lucky to be able to do that because i'm not trying to do youtube full-time correct but uh, there is yeah. that what was 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 the amount of income that you were getting from that um substantial is it something you've noticed you've lost or is it um, actually not a big deal i haven't really noticed it because it, i was seeing it as sort of like bonus income but it was kind of substantial like i think i was getting up to um maybe like 600 bucks a month or something right. like that so it's it's nothing to completely pay the bills or anything, but it makes a good chunk towards them. Yeah. So to yeah give that up 
Um, and I don't even know what it could be at now because it was years ago that I did that. So, sure. you know. Hey, one thing I also saw, though, is you've got, you, you're using Patreon. Yes. The Patreon platform, right? Yep. And you've got, I can't remember the number, but I want to say it's 50 or 60 patrons. Yep. Who are paying you a monthly fee, yes. which actually might be in the in the realm of five or six hundred dollars exactly. a month, generally, right? So yep. that's essentially replaced that. Yeah, yeah. So you've so gone that's... from one hundred twenty thousand people being maybe annoyed by an ad mm-hmm. to fifty or sixty people who love your stuff so much yep. that they want to see it and pay you for yes. it. Yes, and that's replaced that. Yep, for sure. That so that's another way that you can generally monetize a YouTube channel is with that sort of thing. Yep. So I offer a few extra like you know, behind the scenes stuff to those people. And I get on a, a monthly call with the ones who are paying at the highest level and we chat about whatever wow. they want to chat, chat about, which is always fun. What a cool thing. Um, I can use them as a sounding board for ideas and things too. So that's cool. Ah, so you're getting um, something out of that as yeah, well, right? Yeah, for sure. Them, yeah. yeah, it's great. And then the last thing I'll say is the way the amount I do monetize my channel is with sponsorships. So that's when a brand will like pay you. It's kind of like advertising, I guess, but I've purposefully chosen it and I'm in control of the content and what gets said. When you say yeah. you've chosen it, have you cho- have you reached out and chosen those sponsors or are you picking the right ones that come to you? A bit of both. Right. Um, I recently took on a new, like, I was getting overwhelmed with dealing with sponsorships and feeling like I had to give them all a chance and wow. think about it. Yeah. But uh, recently I decided to take an approach that I'm not going to take on any sponsorship that reaches out from a brand that I don't already know and love. Because it's a lot of effort when a new brand reaches out to then test the product, see if you like it, see if it fits with your workflow, see what you could say about it. Because I never want to recommend something that I didn't believe in because it's my reputation on the line, you know, if someone then tries it out and it's terrible. Uh, So, yeah, I only take on brands that I already know these days. So it's few and far between, but I've got a regular sponsor in a company called Webflow. Yes. They're like a um, website building tool, yeah. and they sponsor one video a month. We're working on a series together at the moment, right. and they're great to work with. They give me all the freedom in the world, and I use and love their product, so it's perfect. Cool. Yeah. So when you say they give you all the freedom, and you're effectively there sponsoring one video a month, mm-hmm. is it just is it just one random video a month, or does it need to be tied into what they're doing in some way? Um, it's tied into using the Webflow product. Gotcha. So gotcha. either they might have an idea, or I might have an idea for what we want to show um, a recent one I did was five common Webflow mistakes that I'd seen people making. And so they sponsored Great. the video for me to talk about those mistakes. Great. It's a useful video for my audience. It's something that, you know, I probably would have already made anyway. Um, you know, don't listen to this Webflow and don't sponsor me anymore. But, you know, it's nice that they then sponsor it and yeah. it has like a link to their... What um, a great relationship. Their, yeah, it's a great relationship. How do you then... Because producing a video a week for five years essentially 250 videos, that's a lot of content, right? Mm -hmm. Where are these ideas coming from? To start with, they just came from things that I wish that I'd known when I was getting started. I think one of my first videos I did actually was advice for hand and week at university because I just remembered it being this crazy week where you've got all these projects due at the same time and they're all overlapping and it's really overwhelming. So I put together some of my advice for dealing with that and that's where a lot of the first videos came from. But these days, because I've got people watching and leaving comments, asking questions, that's where video ideas come from. Brilliant. Yeah. Oh, that, and that makes a lot of sense to me, and I get that. So you didn't necessarily need to sit down five years ago and think five years ahead, yep. how the hell am I going to produce content? Because yep. eventually the content ideas are just being given to you, aren't yeah, they? Yeah, for sure. And you realize that you could expand on things and, I don't know, go back and make a video again about something you did three years ago because you've got new information. Of course. Yeah. Right? Things change, opinions change, mm-hmm. knowledge changes, mm-hmm. tools change. You can cover all that again. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, right. I think that whenever someone says to me that they want to start a YouTube channel and that's what they're worried about, I'm just like, that is the last thing you should be worried about, like, 
not at all yeah. that you're going to come up with so many di- ideas as soon as you just sit and think for five seconds yes. they're all going to come yes, to you yes, 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 yes. <laughs> okay what do you think is the number one thing someone should be worried about if they're going to kick Ooh. off a youtube channel i think perfectionism honestly this is what i've seen hold most people back is that they think they have to have all of the perfect equipment all of the perfect editing and like know how to be a pro at that be a filmmaker in order to just make a video you really don't um you want to like obviously give your audience some good quality sound and like yep. the best quality picture you can yep. looking aesthetically pleasing is always good but you don't have to be a pro uh, and that is what holds people back from i guess seeing people who have been doing it for years and who have figured out all the hacks and you know are getting mm. good at it they think they have to be at that level of to course, start of course but everyone starts somewhere they and, did not yeah. start there right exactly they all started with yep. just a blooming cell phone or something yep. simple yep. Yeah. And the honest truth is that your first few videos, very few people are going to see them, to be honest. Yeah, that's uh, a good You're point. going to build up an audience first before you get all those eyes on you watching. So, But then you've figured yeah. a few things out. Exactly. Bought some gear, whatever it might be. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. that's a really, really good point. Really good point. The the Patreon account you've got, mm-hmm. those those patrons who are you're supplying something to on a weekly or monthly basis. I assume it's monthly, is that right? Yeah, it's yep. monthly, yeah. Uh, you said... Um, when we were talking about ConvertKit and your job, that you're not really that keen on client work. Mm-hmm. But with your, let's say, your YouTube followers and these patrons, you've essentially got something that is akin to a client here, like people mm. who are kind of wanting certain things from you. Are you feeling, do you feel that pressure? I guess I never really thought about it in that way before. I definitely feel pressure with it, especially with the patrons when I can't, I don't know, when I get busy that month and I haven't delivered to them what they deserve and what they've paid for, that then I feel really guilty about it. Sure. Uh, they often don't mind. They're just there to support. They're not there for the Of course. The they're rewards, not really but, after that. Exactly. Thing, but, yeah. you know, I feel guilty about it. So, of course. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't know. I, I guess I've never thought about it as clients. I think the reason I don't like client work you know, and I say that about freelancing is because it's more of a long-term thing, whereas the Patreon it's kind of like oh, I've got to do this one small thing a month, so yeah. it, oh, it feels less pressure. And they're not yeah. the same; they're not the client in the traditional yeah. sense. Yeah. But but you are you are still you have individuals that you're effectively responsible yes. for delivering yeah. something to. So the similarities yeah. there. I was just yeah, curious yeah, about sure. that. Yeah. Hey, so we've already talked about two, if not three, side hustles. <laughs> Another one that you've yep. got going on that impresses me hugely is you're a podcast producer, yes. host. Yeah. And not only a podcast producer in the sense that, hey, I've done a few podcasts and you've got 140-something episodes in yep. the can. I think we just actually this morning recorded episode 149. Well yeah. done. <laughs> and so does that um, is that something you've been doing for a really regular period of time as well? Is that a weekly thing or does that go, yeah. come and go? That um, has been a little bit more relaxed than the YouTube channel, which I'm like every single week must upload a video. Uh, because I think it's because we do it as a pair, myself and my co-host, Femke. She is a designer who lives in Amsterdam, right. and we decided we want to start the podcast together. And every episode has been the two of you from every day episode one to the two of us. Uh, yeah. Actually, I think there might be a couple where one of us was busy, so we had a guest on. Sure. But, yeah. Good replacement. It, it's, yeah, that It's works. both of us. Yeah, yeah. great. It's, it's both of our thing, you know what I mean? Um, and the podcast is called Design Life? Have it's called Design right? Life, yeah. It's about design and side projects. Right. And we talk right. about yeah time management, getting design jobs, all that sort of thing, our careers. And is it very much just a casual, hey, let's just have a phone call and have a chat because we're best mates and we can chat or is there quite a structure and a plan to what you're talking about and how you're how you're 
talking. There's um, less of a plan than some people might think, yeah. to be honest. We yeah. generally just pick a topic each week that we're going to talk about. We might sometimes, we have a little community, so this is another <laughs> another thing that we run. It's like a community of designers. There's about 100 people in there um, who are paying like a monthly membership. Wow, this is, yeah. this is on top of or beside Design Life, the podcast. Yes, it's attached so it's, to it, it's right? called the Design Life community. How cool. Yeah, so it's people who have listened to the podcast and, you know, obviously liked what they were hearing and wanted to meet other people who and were And you say like you've there. got about 100 people in that yeah, community? Yeah, there's about 100 oh, people bravo. in the community. Yeah, which is super cool. That and is cool. So we'll ask questions each week about our topic. We'll say, you know, what do you think about this? People will share their own thoughts, share what they've Great. struggled with for that, and that kind of feeds our discussion. Of course. Yeah. How wonderful. Yeah. Works out great. <laughs> that is really, really fantastic. That's super smart. I love that you've managed to make that happen. Because I can imagine you two just having a good old weekly chat about something yeah. and just sort of rambling and going off on tangents, and that just ended up being some cool phone call that yeah. got recorded, right? But it's clearly a little more structured yeah. and coherent than that. It starts off like pretty structured, I guess. We have like our intro and we do like a catch up of each other, our lives, what we've been getting up to. Uh, and then we start the topic, and then it becomes just a chat and oh, right. seeing okay. what we think. Okay. Yeah, All there's right. very little plan to it from there. <laughs> yeah, right. Hey, that, I I implore anyone who's listening to check it out because there's so many similarities between what I'm doing and what Charlie's doing. And there's a, a massive design slant to hers, whereas mm. I'm just about kind of creatives in general. Yeah, yeah. But I just go and check out the Design Life podcast. Oh, I really want you to. I think it's it's well worth listening to. So okay. That's um, three or four things now. <laughs> what else is going on in Charlie's life? What other side um, projects or hustles have you got happening? Well, another one that I actually kind of closed down recently is my oldest side project, and that was a t-shirt company. So this is something that I started in university. Uh, I think it was yeah, about 10 years ago, 2009, something like that. I started designing t-shirts, figuring out how to get them printed. I sold them through Tumblr. So I didn't even have an online store. I just posted the design and got people to email me if they wanted no one. No way. And, and that worked, paid me right? by PayPal. I don't know why anyone trusted me. But yeah, <laughs> it was it was quite popular back in the day. You know, yeah. I was sending out maybe oh. like 50 orders for like a launch, which wow. was felt crazy to me. T-shirts were a big thing in yeah. the 2000s, oh, right? Yeah. And yeah. you were jumping on that and it combined your design skills yeah. with your early entrepreneurialism to yeah. such a cool... I can just see that working. Yeah. yeah. So I, I kind of... Like purposefully sunset it recently, just right. mostly because of where I live in London. I was screen printing these t-shirts myself, so it was kind of hard to do that in a London flat. You know, didn't have uh, a garage or anything. Yeah, so so you were in. doing that right up until the last year or two or something yeah. like that. Yeah, um, okay. I would only have like maybe I had three orders come through in 2018 because oh, I, I never talked about it yep. purposefully, and I would say things like, "Oh, I hate my t-shirt company. I hate printing t-shirts." So that would kind of put people off ordering, of you know? Course. A little yeah, bit. Yeah, yeah. yeah, a little but bit. Three random people would just stumble yeah, across they, it, and they love like, it, and liked buy it anyway. Yeah. yeah, and you then had to produce that thing, screen print and it, hated it every minute. Yeah, I can imagine. I can see exactly where you're going. <laughs> but I love the idea that someone wanted to own something that I'd made. I still love that. So I'm actually about to relaunch an online store not sell t-shirts anymore but just selling prints like posters for your wall wonderful um, yeah wonderful. i, I like making be, physical things these will be your designs they'll be my designs here. yes yep. yes for and sure. then and then you will probably outsource the printing perhaps or make it a little bit easier on yourself i'm still going to do a run of screen prints but yep. what i'm going to do is print a bunch in advance and make them like limited edition i think so once i run out of that lot that's it smart yeah mostly because i still have the screens and i feel like it's a waste to not use them for anything but oh, I yeah. See. yeah prints are easier than t-shirts that's for sure cool yeah. and so have you got a bunch of designs that are basically ready to go yeah. or is this now the next yeah. project to work on these um i'm just going to use my same designs but cool. 
like market them as prints instead of t-shirts essentially and see how Smart. I can take it from there. Yeah. Uh, I do have a few other designs that are like printed by actual printers, um, not screen printed that I sell as well. They're maps that are like uh, drawn with just like lines where the roads are. Yeah. And so it makes them quite arty and cool. That Very I quite cool. Like. Yeah. Very I made them cool. for myself and then thought I might sell them too. And people seem to like them. And, so, and yeah. presumably I'm making a huge assumption here, but these prints will kind of sell them. At, I don't know the $50 mark ish. They're not going to yeah. be three hundreds, are no, they? No, no, definitely not that much. Maybe even yeah. less than fifty dollars. Yeah, yeah. But that kind of ballpark, like yep. affordable, yep. Art. affordable art. Yeah. yeah, and you'll produce twenty of them or two hundred of them or whatever, yep. or whatever exactly it might be. That. Yeah, yeah, wonderful. Yeah, you did something that I thought was massively admirable and brave, and I've seen I've seen it done before by some like massive internet entrepreneurs. You created a income report. Oh yeah. It was a 2018, I think, mm-hmm, income mm-hmm. report, and you published this on your blog. Yes. And I've seen, I think, like John Lee Dumas or Pat Flynn or some of these guys, yeah, yeah. right, do this. And I thought, wow, what a brave thing to do. And you did that. I did do that because I liked reading those others. People like Pat Flynn and Nathan Barry, who's our CEO at ConvertKit, publishes them as well. He does as well. Yeah. Right. Uh, showing what they made that year and the sources that it came from. It's I decided, super interesting. Yeah, super interesting. I didn't want to share the exact numbers, mostly because I think I have a full-time job and, you know, and me sharing that kind of inadvertently shares other people's, like, salary marks as well who work at my company. I get that. Totally. You know, because yeah, it's totally. all benchmarked. Yep. Um, but, yeah, I just wanted to I – don't, I also don't think that's important. What's more interesting is the sources and where it all came from. So in my report, I broke down – like the percentages of where income came from, like my day job compared to the side hustles, and then within the side hustle, what categories of income were there. There's a yeah. massive amount of transparency in doing this. Mm. Huge, huge openness. Was that something that – but then again, you're someone who's been putting a lot of yourself via video or yeah. podcast or, or your artwork out into the world for a yeah. while anyway. Were you quite comfortable with doing this? I was quite comfortable with doing it. There's always the concern, I think, that someone's going to see it and, I don't know, think that you're doing things for the wrong reasons because you're talking about money. Like, uh, especially when I'm talking about how much Patreon made me and our, you know, community made me. Neither of those things are really for the money because, like, we've already talked about, I have a day job, which, you know, so I could easily do none of this and still be fine. But, yeah, you know, you worry about people seeing that and thinking, oh, well, she just wants to grow more money, so that's why she's doing this community yeah. thing. Yep. But I don't know. I just kind of figured that maybe those aren't my people and I don't really care about them anyway. So What yeah. sort of what sort of um, page views or shares or interest did that report get? Was it something that became quite a big deal or you don't know? You know what? I have not looked at the page <laughs> right. views. I have yeah. to be honest. Yeah. I don't know. I'm not very good at checking. I'm, I'm terrible for promoting my own stuff too. Once I do something and put it out there, I'm already like moving on to the next thing uh-huh. and I forget to like go back and share it later. I understand. But yeah, uh, it got a lot of response on Twitter and people saying that they enjoyed reading it. People saying that they're interested in doing their own one now, especially Great. in the fact that I shared percentages because people kind of thought like I did like oh every income report you're sharing the exact amount that you make Um, that's not what everyone wants to do so yeah I think it gave other people the idea that they could share the percentage of what they earned and from different categories too it gave me the idea and and I'd and I'd seen some of the other people do it and thought wow this is amazing I'm not sure that I'm quite brave enough to do it but I admired it and wanted to and you've just given me a little kick up the bum to say hey maybe you could do this yeah do it don't be scared yeah yeah share the percentage breakdown that's interesting in itself you don't need to share the exact dollar amount you know did that help you to focus 
So did that help you to turn around and say, oh yeah, I, I realize now that I do need to put more effort into this or less effort into this, help you close down your t-shirts or anything like that? Did it was it get- interesting to me to see how much of a chunk the community aspect of my earnings. So I'm with that, I grouped in the Patreon and the Design Life community to see how much of that made up for my side project earnings for the year. Because I don't know, I, I guess I'd just been seeing them as smaller because I personally wasn't putting as much effort into them as I was into, say, video sponsorships, where I was actually like putting time into making a thing. Um, so yeah, that just showed me how important those things are and reminded me how many people there are yeah. who are, you know, contributing to that and taking part in that and getting value from it that I want to give back to. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Right. And so you did you then go and, and make a change and put a little bit more effort into those? Or is that on your list of things to work on? I would say it's on the list of things to work on sure. still. Yeah. Um, yeah, you know, getting back into things in the new year. But yeah, for sure, it's uh, shown me that that's an area to focus on. Because, I mean, why not focus on what's already working, you know? Then, yeah. yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. You, you've got a really funny FAQ page on your website that effectively talks about, I think, YouTube. Yep. And the number one question is around... People constantly asking you about quitting and becoming right. a full-time yes. YouTuber, right? <laughs> and you're in a position to I – don't, I don't know this, but in theory, you're in a position to potentially do this. Like with 120 mm. subscribers and the growth rate that you've got and this, uh, this amazing sort of um, uh, weight behind you as you move forward, you could potentially do that. I could, yeah. Is that something that you, you've obviously thought about it, but is that something you've considered? Um, I have thought about it mostly because people ask me about it, like I said in the yeah. FAQ. Yeah. I think it's kind of expected and kind of rare for someone to have 100,000 YouTube subscribers and still be working full-time. I think it a lot of people, is, yeah. yeah, a lot of people who, who I know anyway tend to quit the job around that point and like put it all in and go full time. They would take that because that's their dream yeah. and that's what when they're working towards. And they yeah. say, "Cool, and I'm going to make this a thing." And that may or may not work for them, right? Yeah, but that's the thing. Like what you just said there, it's not my dream. I've, it's never been my dream cool. to do YouTube full time. I love doing design. That's my like, you know. I had actually, I don't know if you know the podcast Hello Internet. With um, Brady Heron and CGP Grey. I don't think I do. They're Clearly YouTube creators though. as well, and they're like they talk about like the internet and stuff essentially. But yeah, I met them at a VidCon event once, which is like a YouTube convention, and they asked me if you had to pick one, YouTube or design, which would you choose? And I said, well, I, I tried to say both, and they didn't accept that as an answer. So I said, okay, then I guess I choose design, but I wouldn't be happy about being forced to pick. You know, I wouldn't be happy that I had to give something up. Yeah. But design is what I love doing the most. Um, yeah, yeah, and I could rephrase that question. They were probably saying, which one do you want to do and give the other one up? Yeah. What you've done is you've decided which one is going to pay the bills yes. and which one you're just going to do for fun. Yeah, and I would like to, like I am actively trying to grow more of like a you know passive income with some YouTube things, which is never really that passive. But Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I am trying to... Um, <laughs> you know build up build up my empire i guess and uh, be known for something so that's a lot of the value that i get out of doing youtube and and the things that i'm trying um so yeah it's still an active focus for me to grow it and to grow my income from it but it's not what i want to do full time i think if i wasn't designing websites i just wouldn't be enjoying life which is a bit nerdy and sad but it's the truth, <laughs> it's the truth. <laughs> yeah we admire the truth yeah. we really do it's a wonderful thing yeah. you're in such a privileged position to be able to, to, yeah. be able to have that job and something you just love yeah and yet still be able to do these things i mean for me god i can't imagine having that many subscribers i can't imagine hitting 148 um episodes of my podcast or having a community <laughs> of people that are supporting me supporting me that's just amazing I think um, I don't see it as so amazing because it's grown very slowly over time. I gave a talk about this at the ConvertKit. Um, we have a conference called Craft and Commerce for creators about like 
earning money online, growing your business. And I talked about growing slow and steady. The talk was called Zero to 100 in Five Years. Yeah, Because uh, that's what it took me to grow to my 100,000 subscribers and how it's just like a little bit over time. It's not like all of a sudden overnight I had this success and I didn't know what to do with it. It's yeah, it's been a slow and steady growth, so I guess that's why it doesn't feel. And you're not weird yeah, and you're not alone, right? Yeah. I, don't, I don't think I've spoken to a single person who's ever uh, overnight success is a myth. We we I hear know. that and we know yeah. that all the time, yeah. right? And I don't think I've found an example of someone who can prove otherwise. Yeah. And you're just another proof of that, yeah. which is actually just really wonderful to hear. Yeah. But the persistence to just get up every week and produce that content. Mm-hmm is something that so many of us lack and that is so admirable it's amazing so what um what's there's got to be we've talked about so many different side hustles here but there's got to be something else in the pipeline i can just tell that you're doing something <laughs> yep. else are you there's several things th- yes actually. there are right <laughs> is there anything else you can talk about yeah okay so there's a few things that i've one thing that i've wanted to do for a very long time is have a course uh produce a course i just like the idea of challenging myself to teach in a more structured manner like that put that together um and again for that passive income sort of thing to to have that out there so that's something i want to do this year is make a course about building your online portfolio some of my most popular videos are a series where i review people's portfolios basically and give them advice so basically putting together all my thoughts on making a good design portfolio into a short course less than 100 bucks you know for people starting out yeah that's one thing another thing um that you know has always been in the back of my mind but i never really had the full idea for how to like put it together is I want to write a book uh, so finally just last year and last half of the year I got the idea for what it is I actually want to write I want to write the book that's like a guide to life as a designer so I think design school and you know a lot of courses and stuff you take teach you how to use the tools they teach you how to work with clients but they don't really teach you about what it is to be a designer um, to have empathy for people dealing with creative block and imposter syndrome and all those other things that come along with being creative for a living which is really difficult sometimes so that's like what i'm starting to work on it's going to be a process because i've never written a book before i'm not that much of a writer but you designed a book though right yep designed a book yeah help produce one yeah so that side of it i'm i'm good but yeah uh, yeah, that's going to be something that i start working on this year and it's something that i really want to i really want to have it traditionally published like i know i could probably write it and self-publish it as an ebook but i feel like it's going to feel more of an achievement for me and reach more people and help the people that I'm trying to help with it if it's in a bookstore you know how cool would that be to walk into a bookstore and see a book that you've written that's yeah I was just thinking about that dream myself today actually or or having a book and you get a box of them delivered to your house or something and you can give them to a friend and be like I wrote this yeah Yeah. what a cool thing yeah so that's that's the next like long-term goal I would say for me is the book yeah so the course and the book, which is yep. which the course is a big bit of work, I know from experience, but the book will be bigger. Yes. Yeah. The course I'm gonna try and like time box and get it out and be something that I can improve over time. So I want that out this year. The book will be several years down right. the road, you know. Are you always pretty open with your with these kind of dreams or goals or plans or, or projects? Yeah. And sometimes it um, bites me in the butt right? <laughs> because when you put something out there and you say you're going to do it, then people ask about it. And uh, if you haven't worked on it, then you have to be like, oh, yeah, I haven't done that yet. Um, <laughs> I started actually a series on my channel early last year about redesigning my website yes. because I was wanting to go through and show the whole process like in detail. thought it would be really useful. People always want to see like detailed process. Um, and then I got busy with other stuff and just didn't work on my personal website for a good chunk of time. I only just recently started getting back into working on it. But yeah, I would have questions every week or every few weeks from people saying, are you still 
working on the series. Where's that series? Yeah, is yeah. that still happening? And I'm like, yeah, it's coming. I just, hey. yeah. So even Charlie is human after <laughs> yeah. all. That's awesome yeah, to the know. The secret's out. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that is awesome to know. That's really good to know. You're young. <laughs> and, I, and I've been there. And, and it didn't mean a thing to me at the time. But is there much of a, a work-life balance for Charlie Marie? Or is it all kind of the same thing? It's. I think that... It's been something that I've learned the hard way, a work-life balance. I hit quite a bad burnout at the end of, I think it was 2016, where I was just taking on too much and, yeah, doing too much. And then I hit stages of burnout, you know, in years since then as well. Right. When I realized that I've got to, yeah, that I've got to cut back a bit and relax. And I think it was because I just felt like, I don't know, you say I'm young, but I feel like there's people who are younger than me who have achieved way more. And so I always feel like I'm behind. But I've just come to realize that everyone's on their own path and totally. you've just got to do your own thing. Yeah. And I don't want to be waiting to enjoy life, you know? Like, I want to enjoy it, the journey as I'm getting there, not just be like, cool, I've achieved success, now I can be happy. That's no fun. So I used to, like, work every evening, work every weekend on side projects. And things were moving along faster when I did that, for sure. Yeah, you were getting stuff done. Yeah. yeah. But it was coming at a cost of, like, not just enjoying life. So now I... Like try to fully switch off as often as possible. It's definitely not Does as that work? often, yeah, 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 as most people do. Yeah, but yeah. I have um, a really good partner, my partner Mark. He helps me with this. He'll like come and physically drag me away from my desk sometimes right. if I'm working too late. Yeah. He'll be like, "Come on, we are watching a movie now." Cool. And yeah, so that actually really does help. Yeah, so, sure, yeah. <laughs> sure. And I, and I see you've traveled a lot in the last year, and I yes. appreciate that a lot of that might have been for work. Yeah. But you've still managed to kind of get out and have a few breaks yeah. and enjoy it, right? Yeah, I do enjoy travel. A lot of it has been for work, but. I always try and enjoy it while I'm also traveling for work, you know. Yeah, wonderful. Hey, you just mentioned something before that I just want to um, jump back into. You said ConvertKit run, I think it was an annual conference. Mm-hmm. It was Craft and Commerce or something yep, like Craft that? Yeah, Craft and Commerce. Craft and Commerce. That's what's called. Just for, just internally? No. Nope. Oh, it's a big it's, open thing. Yeah, it's um, open to creators. So it's mostly people who are our customers come along because they are the people who are like in our audience, you know. Uh, but, you know, it's open to anyone, even yeah. if you're not a customer. Cool. And, yeah, it's been fun to work work on. That's great. You've spoken at a few events over the last year or two as well, right? Yeah. And you've got some things coming up. Yeah, I guess year. you could consider that another side hustle that I've been at. It was a goal for me last year to really get into public speaking. And I think I did four events, which, and I wanted to do three. So, like, you know, met that goal. Great. Tick. Yeah. yeah, tick. And, yeah, I've got already did one last night, actually, uh, in Wellington. Spoke at a meetup, presented a workshop. Very cool. Uh, and there's a few more scheduled this year. Yeah. And, and so those sort of things freak you out i'm putting words in your mouth here. oh yeah they do freak you yeah. out but you love them yeah they so i am terrible at speaking well i used to be really afraid of speaking in public and i would get so nervous my voice would shake my hands would shake and i would just like you know feel like being sick basically before i did it and honestly i just thought that was a stupid thing to be afraid of <laughs> like right. why am i afraid of just talking to people i don't know be afraid of spiders yeah or something like that deep water heights. or something yeah, heights. yeah. yeah but i don't know people. i just have a lot of social anxiety so getting up in front oh, of a crowd really? like but getting in front yeah. of a, a camera and putting it on the web oh yeah there's no people no there so yeah, it's just right, talking right. to the camera it's just me so that's yeah. fine but yeah i decided it was something i wanted to get over because i had a lot of the people that i admire do a lot of public speaking right and mm. speaking at conferences and you know, I've gotten a lot of value from it. So that's something that I wanted to do. So I've worked on that. And now uh, so much less nervous. I, it honestly just takes time, I think, that yep. I'm obviously still nervous. But sure. there's 
just so much less than it used to be. Yeah, yeah, which yeah. Is and the nerves aren't a bad thing. No. They just no. show that you're taking it seriously yeah. and that you're amping up yeah, and getting ready like, for it. I like that view yeah, of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> this all, the, one of the key things here, and we haven't talked about this, but it all contributes to what I think, if I remember correctly, is a byline or a tagline or something on your website. Help me out here, but you're trying to um, you're trying to help or foster or, or help other creatives. Yes. No, I can't remember what no, it is. Okay. But yeah. Uh, my goal is with my content, with everything I do, is to help other designers be the best at what they can do, like help them along with their careers, help them get to where they want to be. And that, uh, there you go. That's better than my ramblings. And <laughs> looking at everything you're doing here, and the fact that you are taking it so seriously, and that you're loving what you're doing, but you're not necessarily selling out or trying to monetize it. You're just trying to provide the best thing you can for these other creatives, right? Yeah. Whether it be the speaking or the podcast or the YouTube channel or whatever it is. Um, is really admirable, and it, and it all points to you just trying to achieve that one thing yeah. of helping them be the best creatives they can be. Yeah, and I think you're making me sound better than I am. Like I do still, I believe that if you do good work, you deserve to be paid for it. Sure. So I do think that when I, I don't know, you know, put effort into producing a course that's going to help people, that I am more fine with charging for that because you know other people do, and I want to make sure that. I also think that a lot of people produce things that cost money that aren't very good value. So I want to make sure that I'm making something that is and that people are going to get a lot of value from and actually, you know, help them with their lives from from buying it. So, yeah. Yeah, you're right. Maybe I was making it. <laughs> a bit more altruistic than <laughs> yeah, I actually am. Yeah, yeah, yeah maybe, but yeah. maybe. And but I get all of that. I get yeah. all of that. But but there is a there's a there's a there's definitely an underlying need or want or desire for some um, monetary return here. Mm. Th- that's that's there, that's evident, but that's not the number one thing exactly. that's pushing you to create yeah. all of this. No, I think that if money is the only thing that's driving you, it's going to be hard to be motivated really because especially like we said, it takes a long time to achieve that yeah. success. So if money was the only thing I was interested in, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be here basically. I wouldn't have the YouTube channel that I have because I wasn't earning much money for the first few years. You would have given you know? up after a few episodes. Yeah, exactly, and... because no one yeah. wanted to pay me for it. So, yeah. yeah, that can't be the main motivation for sure. Yeah, right. Wonderful. That's a seriously, seriously wonderful attitude, and I love that. There's, there's two, there's two things that spring to mind, and the first is just your, your persistence mm-hmm. to consistently show up. Yep. And and just get stuff done and get stuff yeah. out there. If there's any bits of wisdom or anything that you can help other people who are listening to just grab hold of that or find that. Yeah. Okay. I got something for you. Go. Uh, so my side projects actually helped me get the job that I have. Oh, And wow. Tell me I more. feel like all of them have been, like everything I do is helping me live the life that I want to live in a way, you know, like make up how I want to be spending my time, where I want to be traveling to, who I want to be working with and all of this. So the job that I'm in right now, working as a marketing designer at ConvertKit, so that means that I design basically everything apart from the software itself. So like the website, conference branding, you know, yeah. ad collateral, all the collateral, stuff collateral like that. that supports yep. the product. Yeah, yep, exactly. Not the product. Yep. Yeah, exactly. So uh, in 2016, I was got invited to speak at a conference. It was called the Sean Words Conference. I don't know if you've heard of Sean McCabe. He is like a creator, uh, talks about online business online. He has a great podcast that um, I've loved listening to for years, and great. I joined his community. Great. He picks his speakers for his conference from the community, oh, and cool. he liked what I was doing with my videos. He saw my consistency and the quality that I was you know, trying to put out there. So he asked me to talk about that, and I spoke at his conference about creating with consistency. 
also speaking at that conference was Nathan Barry of uh, ConvertKit. Whose name has come up before. Yes, whose yes, name has come up I before, see. so I've ruined the ending. But um, <laughs> yeah, he was speaking about pricing and uh, you know how to earn a living online. I thought, oh, this is cool. I hadn't really heard much about ConvertKit before seeing him speak. But he invited me out to lunch after the conference with wow. a friend and we just sat in this pizza place and chatted for like hours. And partway through the conversation, he said, uh, so Charlie, have you ever considered working remotely for an email marketing software company? And I was like, um, no, I get like, what are you talking about? And our friend sitting with us said, um, I'm pretty sure he's offering you a job. <laughs> <laughs> hey, and so yeah. who were you working for at the time? Did you have a job uh, I was working for a London-based startup at the time. Yep. So I'd like taken vacation time from work to go and do this yep. conference yep. talk. And was yeah. it a no-brainer or was it quite a big thing you had to go through? It was a big thing mostly because the company was based in America. So it meant me essentially um, becoming a contractor because um, um, they can't have an employee based in the yes, UK because they don't course. have a UK-based yeah, company. Yeah, yep. Uh, and I don't know, just it was felt like the unknown that I'd never worked remote before, never been a contractor before. I was like, is there going to be the stability that I'm after? Felt scary. But in the end, the people and the team and the mission of the company, I was like, yeah, I've got to do this. Yeah, and that aligned with Turned you out to be the right choice two, for sure. Two or so years later, yeah. no looking back, right? It's yeah, been amazing. Yeah, for sure. Um, and that's kind of then the attitude that I've taken is seeing like, all right, so side projects can really like have an impact on how you live your life. It's not just a thing that you make and you spend time Thank on. Thank you. That yeah. is gold. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's, it's had a huge impact on me as a person. Um, meeting people who watch my videos has forced me to get better at talking to people and being a conversationalist, you know, just because when someone meets you, they expect you to lead the conversation if they've been watching your videos. <laughs> so that's helped because that's always something that I've wanted to get better at. And then, yeah, I've just taken the approach to my side projects to make the things that I want to have put out there in the world and that also I'll enjoy doing every day and be how I want to be spending my time. So part of the reason why I want to write a book is because I want to get better at writing and expressing my thoughts that way. So I'm going to enjoy the process of getting better and, and doing that. Yeah. And so is this is this as good as life gets? Like, is this the dream life? Is this, you can't imagine life unfolding any other way at this I stage? don't know. I always... I always have goals and I always have more things that I want to be doing. I mean, right now I feel like I'm in a great position, but like, I don't know, I live in London and it's expensive there. I would love to be able to own a house, you know? So that's like the next goal that I'm working towards is figuring all that out. Sure. There's always something next. Yeah, yeah. But, you are yeah. aiming for other things. Yeah. But, but right life now, is pretty ideal for it sure. It does sound pretty yeah. good to me. Uh, one thing is I wish that I could have a pet, but yeah, there's probably only thing missing, oh, the only thing missing in your life is, is a pet, pet. Yeah. <laughs> which is kind of a big deal because yeah. if you want a pet and you can't have one, that's got to be super frustrating. Yeah, exactly. Is it just like, but, is it landlord rules in your apartment yeah, that means you can't have one? landlord rules and also um, Mark and I don't really know where we want to live long term yet, yeah, so we don't want to well. do want to commit to a pet before we, you know, don't want to yeah, ship it all yeah, around yeah, the yeah. world. That's yeah. all right. You're yeah. still young. I can see that house <laughs> and that pet coming to yep, you at some stage, In the future. I'm not in much of a rush to get there. I'm, you know, enjoying where I'm at right now. Fantastic. That is absolutely amazing. I'm going to wrap it up now with a few really quick questions. Sure. One of my favorite questions is, is there a book in you? And you've already answered that for yep. me, yeah, which is wonderful. <laughs> so clearly there is a book in you. We even know what it's going to be titled and what it's all about. Um, Desert Island Disc. Ooh. Okay. Um, what am I? Oh, okay. this is difficult because I love music. I'm uh -huh. a big music fan. I would say that one of my favorite albums of all time is actually this it's like a musical that was never produced as a musical. It's this band called Forgive Durden. They were like a pop punk band. And Don't then they them. made this amazing theatrical piece that like has a storyline to it. And it was just an album. Uh, it's called Razia's Shadow and love listening to it. So I guess I'm going to say that because I feel like I could listen to that 
um, all day, every day. All day, every day. Yeah. Razia's yep. Shadow yep. by who? What was the Forgive name of the band? Durden. Forgive Durden. Okay, yep. wonderful. All right, and final question here. Road trip in the combi, Cape Rianga to Bluff. That's like a four or five, six day road trip. <laughs> um, anyone, alive or dead, who's sitting beside you for that road trip? Oh my gosh. Okay. Um, so I think it's cheesy, I guess, if I say like my sister or my partner or someone like that. It's the most common answer, but it's not what I'm not looking for. the interesting one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. But if okay. that's the honest answer, hey, so be it. No, I'm going to say my design idol, Jessica and, Heesh. And sorry, sister, and sorry, partner. Yeah. Sorry, but... Sammy. Sorry, Mark. But I'm going <laughs> to take Jessica Heesh. She's been a big inspiration for a lot of my career. Um, just in the way that she puts things out there that helps other designers and she helped me a lot as a you know young creative and she's just really really freaking cool and I think she'd be cool to spend time with she is cool isn't yeah, she so I'm gonna choose her have yeah. you actually managed to spend any time chatting yes, to her I got you? to do a workshop with her in Wellington maybe about five years ago oh, which was good. so much fun yeah. yeah and I've seen her speak a couple of times as well yeah yeah wonderful yeah. that's a, that'd be a great person to have alongside you yeah she <laughs> has a child now Mm-hmm. And I've noticed that her life seems to be quite a lot different now with baby than it was yeah. prior, which yeah. I understand, haven't been there myself, um, but it's really interesting watching her go through all those baby things. Yeah, yeah. It's cool. I love how she's still the same, though, like sharing things about her life online. Totally. Yeah. Love it. Yeah. yeah. And that book, she just produced a book, mm-hmm. which... Uh, um, Someday I'll be brave, I think Yes, that's it. Yep. You've got it. Yeah, I need to check that out. Yeah, I'm it's a bit amazing. of a fangirl. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> As you should be. She's really, really cool. Okay, that's awesome. Well, for everyone like you who's a fan of her, there's 100,000 more who are fans of Charlie Marie. There we go. <laughs> and I'm hoping that one day I interview someone in this combo who says, my road trip companion would be Charlie Marie. Cool <laughs> oh, that, that yeah, that would be amazing. <laughs> yeah, I'll let Great, you know let me know if that happens. <laughs> yeah. Hey, thank you so much for your time today. No worries. I appreciate it. You've been wonderful. Um, you've given me a real kick up the bum. Cool. And I hope Thanks some other me. people feel the same as well. Awesome. Thanks so much. Hey there, welcome back. How'd you enjoy that interview? Did you love it as much as I did? This is the part where many other podcasts would throw in some sort of advertising or promo. I don't have a sponsorship. I'm not really into that, but I do just want to point out two things. One, I'm in this combi. This combi also turns into a photo booth. So if you want a photo booth to roll into your event, your wedding, your party, open up and let people jump in and out of the combi and take photos, print it on the spot, the combi booth is what you need. Check it out. Wedo.net.nz forward slash combi. The second thing, something a little more excited about these days, is my new business venture. I'm moving from wedding photography and into photography small business coaching. Unfold, your photography business coach. I've got an online course, and I've got a bunch of other things coming in the pipeline too, so go and check it out, unfoldyour.biz. Anyway, back to the podcast. What did you think of the interview with Charlie? How much did you enjoy that? There were so many great things that come out of the interview, but the three takeaways that really, really stuck with me were, firstly, consistency, regularity, the habit of just turning up. You see, I didn't really want to dwell on the numbers too much. The 100,000 viewers, 100,000 subscribers, sorry, of her YouTube channel, the 149 episodes, those kind of metrics, they're useful, they're useful to measure things by, but I kind of hate getting caught up on those, and part of me kind of regrets talking about those, because what's really important to that is not the number, but how she got there. And she got to those numbers by turning up constantly. She produced a video every week for five years. That is how you get to those sort of numbers. That is how your videos, video production becomes amazing. That is how you get followers. That is how you build a following, build a community. Turn up. You can't take action once and expect these kind of things to happen to you. No one does. No one has done that. Secondly, I love the things she threw in there about having content ideas. 
one of the biggest hurdles that I see with people, and I've had this myself, is this worry about content ideas. How can I keep up this consistency? How can I keep producing day after day, week after week, month after month, whatever it is? Aren't I going to run out of ideas? Charlie pretty much laughed at me. She laughs at that suggestion because no, the more you do it, the more ideas you will get. The more you produce, the more content will come your way. It's phenomenal, right? And just to recap five of the things that we talked about in that interview, one, things that you wish you'd known. There's a great place to start. Two, what are people commenting on? What comments are people giving? There's some great ideas there. Number three, what questions are people asking? Number four, why don't you go back and expand on things? Things that you've already talked about, already written about, already recorded. Go back and make them a little bit bigger, a little bit better. Number five, just go and redo it. Because, hey, you look back on your work from a few years ago and it kind of sucks a little bit. Why not go do that again? I look at some of these podcasts and I think, I'd quite like to just go back and re-interview some of my guests again in a year or two or five. See how the story's evolved. See what they're up to now. Boom. There's some content ideas, right? Once you get started, once you get on the roll, it actually becomes easier. And thirdly, perfectionism, or the lack of it. Don't try to be perfect. Just start a channel. Record a video. Everyone started somewhere. Everyone started with minimal gear. Everyone started with pretty much zero people following them. There's less structure to Charlie's podcast episodes than you may think. And if you look back on some of her really, really early videos, they're way less polished than the newer stuff. I'm a massive, massive fan of this, of just getting started. I go into my interviews with very little prep. No plan as such. There's road noise outside the combi. My situation, my recording studio here, is far from perfect. But you know what? I get something done. I produce something and I put it out there. There's a great quote that came out of something a year or two ago and it says, Perfectionism is the enemy of craft. I want you to remember that. Perfectionism is the enemy of craft. Trying to be perfect will get in the way of you creating something. So there we go. Three takeaways. Consistency, turn up every day. Content, way easier than you think, especially when you're turning up every day. And perfectionism, everyone started somewhere, and a start is better than waiting for the right moment. Get out there and create some stuff. And thanks for tuning in. Until next episode, thank you. Thank you.